Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We, we just look at Malik as a scorer, but you know we want Malik to continue to grow as, a, as an all-around player. And, uh, you know, so that, that was a positive, you know, um, once again. So, yeah, we needed his lift. You know, when we have, you know, a guy like Carl and, and D'Angelo out, um, you know, you you know you, you need Malik to have a big night. And, uh, you know, he, he came up uh, bigger late in the game, you know, but just wasn't enough. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, I, I had... Somebody wants to tell me, you know, when coaching a young team, you know, you teach them in, th- in three levels. You know, you go from teaching them to compete uh, at the NBA level, to ex- then to execute and win, um, then then you teach championship standards. And, uh, you know, we, we got to compete for 48 minutes. But, you know, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of those guys for those 36. But, um, you know, character wins don't don't get you anything in this league. Uh, it, it, but it does it does signify growth. How close are they to the to the third rung there? The 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 teach, teach so it's compete, execute, and oh. cha- in championship. How how close? How close are our Timberwolves 40, to that third rung? Forty three first quarter points against. It's pretty bad. Forty three first Not quarter. And, then, and did they? I'm against. trying to. I'm getting my Wolves game strung together. But over the weekend, they allowed eighty four points in the first yeah, half, me, and then uh, and then won the game. Right, and <laughs> come back. Uh, or, or no, I no, can't remember. They no, lost that they game. They lost that game. But, it was, it, they took the lead. They did, it was win, neck and neck. they yeah. did win the game before against OKC, That's right. which, which, by the way, also absolutely stinks. Yeah. So I mean, I, as you can tell, the last three games, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know if I can sit and watch through this. I Actually, subject myself to them just to see how bad things go. Yeah. And um, and I'm with you. Like, for me, they've, they've definitely moved uh, exclusively. Well, I can't watch them on the big TV because... The uh, let's just say the streaming service that I personally oh. use for finding Wolves games is oh. not available oh. on your standard smart TVs, um, and so they were they were taking up computer and tablet screen for a while for me, and now they've been demoted to just the phone screen. Oh, really? Just the phone screen. Interesting. Yeah, I was going back and forth on the computer last night because um, Don had the main TV between the Gophers who were trying to blow a game to. <laughs> Nebraska, but couldn't because things are great right because now. the Huskers absolutely, pardon my French, suck. Dude, I don't think they've won a conference game in like twenty. They like have twenty six, but they're games. legitimately that bad. And then John Beeland on commentary last night, who actually was good, but he didn't really he know what he was the, doing. No, but it was great because he told you, and and he also used he he like talked like a coach. 
So he had, he made no attempt to interpret yeah. it, which I thought was fantastic. It was I hilarious. Would, I would far rather have coach guy talk like a coach coaching a game than polished guy. Yeah, I don't then, need polished guy. And then at the end of the game, so as the credits are rolling and the, so right. the music is playing and they're about to go back to studio, and so there's clearly like 30 seconds left or something when the bumper music hits. And uh, and play-by-play guy throws it to John Beeline, and he's like, and coach, great job. You know, your your, your first time doing this, you, you sound like a natural. And then Beeline just, as if they're just having a conversation off mic, he's like, well, you know, um, yeah, this is, it's pretty hard. And like, and the highlights of the game are playing as the credits are talking about what does it say? Like, like, like 15 seconds left, and he's just like, you know, I'm going to try and get better at this. And uh, Good you, can, for him. you can tell the other guys, like, we got we to go. I like, we got to go. We got to go. I like that, though. <laughs> you see, I want that. Uh, to, to your question, 83 points by OKC right. Saturday night, first half against the Wolves. Yeah, but then they only gave up like. 37 or something in hey, the... In nice. the oh, it's a moral victory. Yeah, no moral question. Victory. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. Moral victory. Um, okay, choose your own adventure here. Uh, <laughs> would you like to do a deep dissection on the Timberwolves' loss to the Mavericks last night, or would you like to talk about Carl Anthony tr- uh, Towns' trade rumors that have popped up? I'd rather do the latter, but I need the sounder. You want reckless speculation? How about reckless trade speculation? Declan found these in the dark corners of the internet Classic. late last night. Yep. Couple Corona hard seltzers in. Post-bachelor review, yep. Which we're going to get to, too. Yeah, Dex reviews today. Because Dex was not concerned about basketball last no, night. Yep. And I got to be honest, it's Bachelor Monday, yeah, and I, uh, I had that on the big screen for two hours. Okay, Inquisitor.com. No idea how credible this is, but that doesn't really that doesn't matter. matter. Reckless speculation. The day that this show has standards... On coverage is the day I walk. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves center, Carl Anthony Towns, is one name being closely monitored on on the trade market. As the Timberwolves continue to bury themselves deep at the bottom of the Western Conference rankings, there's a growing belief around the league that Towns will soon follow in the footsteps of other stars and start finding his way out of Minnesota. It cuts deep because it's true. Let's just be honest. Uh, Once he becomes officially available on the trading block, several title contenders that are in dire need of a front court boost and additional star power on their roster are expected to express a strong interest in acquiring Carl Anthony Towns, including the Boston Celtics. Reckless speculation. In a recent article, Eddie Batar of Fadeaway World, another website I've never heard of, but that's okay came up with a blockbuster trade idea that would enable Towns to form a super team with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in Boston before the 2021 trade deadline. This would basically be the modern version of what Kevin Garnett did 13 years ago. Absolutely. This would, objectively, it would suck as a Wolves fan, (laughs) but it would be great for Carl Anthony Towns. That's why it's so plausible. Yep. East Coast as well. In the proposed scenario, the Celtics would be sending a package that includes Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Semi, uh, oh my God, I'm going to uh, butcher his name, uh, Semi Ojele, Ojele, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, and Peyton Pritchard, plus a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick to the Wolves in exchange for Towns. Okay, so that's Inquisitor.com. And to be honest, like Kemba Walker coming back? Oh, don't say it, don't say it. This is what we said about the KG trade. What do you mean coming back? 
Oh, I thought you coming, okay. coming to Minnesota. Come in the, here. In the yeah, train. no, dude. don't don't do it, dude. We we did the same thing about KG. Oh, Sebastian yeah, tells us that, that was a good thing. Reckless speculation. That's a said ten years yeah, ago. Stop. All right. So that you know, in <laughs> couple couple websites we've never heard of, but you know. It wouldn't be shocking at some point. We've gone through this a million times in franchise history. But you know what this show does, Phil? This show connects the dots, which you're about to do. Instagram, The Ringer, our friend, friend of the show, Kevin O'Connor, KOC, Kevin O'Timberwolves. Incredible. He he says, late Saturday evening, late Saturday evening, I received a flurry of texts from multiple executives around the league who said the Celtics were up to something. What they're up to is unclear. But league sources have long said Boston is searching for upgrades to bolster its wing and big man position. Reckless speculation. Your thoughts? I'm going to get below the table because it's probably going to happen. And I can't. I just can't. I can't. Okay. Go to Seattle. Go to Quebec. I don't care where you go. If if this happens, if this happens, Vancouver... Um, I don't, uh, San Diego, <laughs> Buffalo, I don't care where you go. If this happens, just board up that godforsaken building and, and move and get out and I'm done. I can't take it. I can't take it. Like Jim, Pete, Dave, Benz and I can no longer take it. I mean, I love how Declan perked up. He's like, ooh, Kemba Walker. Walker. But this is Kemba Kemba Walker. But the, Gar- the Garnett trade. Kemba is like, this- he's like 31. The Gar- <laughs> but the Garnett trade was the same thing, right? Like the Garnett Ooh. trade was the same thing. Uh, Kem- Kemba Walker, by the way, he's oh. 31 years old. He's one of the most prolific volume chuckers in the NBA. He, he's, he's a Timberwolf. He's, he's shooting. Timberwolf. I assume he might have been hurt for it, but yeah, he's, he's played nine games this he's year. He's having a rough year. He's shooting 36%. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he's, he's, oh man, you got him back. Um, yeah, he put up 20 points a game in Charlotte for years thought, because nobody else wanted to shoot, yeah. basically. My immediate thought in all sadly seriousness about this is I'm not dismissing anything when it comes to cat and the wolves and where this thing is going. Uh, I think it would be foolish to say no way. I really do. And and this, I disagree. This comes back. This comes back though. My fear here is, and I don't know if it's going to happen soon. If it's, you know, going to take a couple of years. My fear about this entire thing is that Cat is going to look at this and rightfully so say, I can't save this. KG couldn't. I can't. Nobody can. But, okay, so so you're saying, listen, at some point if he wants out, then you might as well get ahead of it and get whatever. You get the biggest package you I can for him, right? And I don't but, I don't want to, but I'm, but I'm saying, is it going to work with Cat here? Because they, they're <laughs> taking another stab. They're, no, but you go get, you go get, get. D-Lo, right? You get Russell, and you think, okay, they're going to team up. I mean, so far they played what five games as teammates. They've played five games, and it's been a year. Yeah, and I'd like it's to see, and year. I'd like to see a prolonged stretch. But my God, okay, here's the problem, and this is why I disagree with you. You cannot entertain a Carl Anthony Towns trade. You honestly, I know this is going to sound crazy because. Because conventional thought is, well, if if a superstar is destined to leave, then you have to salvage whatever value you can get for him. You got to at least get like a first round pick or something of value. And 99% of the time, that's what you should do in sports, especially if you're in in a less than desirable market or situation. Like if you're the twins and Johan Santana is going to leave you for a bigger market, well... You got to get something, right? All right, Carlos Gomez, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll try it out, okay? Yep. In this case. Yep. If you come to the conclusion that Carl Anthony Towns is is gone or that you have to trade him, 
What is the point of having a franchise? Well, that's you, you are at I agree. the end of the tracks as a franchise if that happens. I'm with and you so completely. I am. I I would rather ride Carl Anthony Towns off of the cliff and then send the team to Vegas, then trade him for. Well, let's let's trade Carl Anthony Towns for a couple of first round picks and Kemba Walker and see what happens. Like you're here's the problem. This is the cycle that we've been in. Well, for the better part of 30 years, but let's let's say the last 15 to 18 years after the 2003 season sure. uh, ended in the Western Conference Finals, okay? Your only path in Minnesota, like in Miami, you have a chance because it's a desirable market, or Los Angeles with the Lakers, you can just reboot your franchise by signing LeBron James in free agency and then luring Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Or by bringing Jimmy Butler in, and, uh, in or Chris Bosh, right? Like you can just bring guys in because people want to live there. And those are just great NBA cities. In Minneapolis, your only path to being relevant is to draft a top star and build around him. Yep. Kevin Garnett, Kevin Love, you know, Andrew Wiggins, I guess technically it was a trade, but falls into that category and now Carlton Towns. The Wolves have done this numerous times. Like they've they've actually, for as much draft failure as they've had between the bookends, like twenty five years ago, they landed a Hall of Fame player in Kevin Garnett in the draft. I think Carl Anthony Towns has a chance to be in a better situation, a borderline Hall of Fame talent. He's one of the most efficient offensive players in league history. Mm-hmm. They've done this numerous times, mm-hmm. and they have one semi-successful playoff run in their history. I have zero desire to do it again. Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns is a generationally talented seven-footer offensively. I get that there's some flaws and there's some like leadership things there. Sure. I would rather ride him off the cliff and say goodbye to the franchise than trade him for first-round picks and try again. Like, I'm done trying again with this franchise. You're hearing me wrong. I'm with everything that you just said. What I'm saying, though, is what if he is now becomes. He's not there now. What if he becomes, through recognition of incompetence, the Wolves' Deshaun Watson? And leaves you with no choice. That's my point is that the problem is that that the Wolves take these stars and they push them and they push them and they push them. And eventually they say, hold on a second here. I just drove to work today and it was 17 below. So I'm in a miserable, miserable place. Now, if you played in the summer, I'd come there in a heartbeat. Um, And you went and acquired my buddy and then a lot went wrong there and things just aren't working here and and you're grossly incompetent that's another problem um so phil i'm with you i have no interest in trading him what i'm saying is the pieces that you put together at the top of the show are starting to make and make more and more sense as far as how this could play out so i'm with what you're saying but if he becomes deshaun watson essentially and says, I got to go. I can't do this. I can't. You people don't know what you're doing. It's consistent. Look, this is a franchise that took, and the guy might have been a jackass at times, but the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise took Kevin Garnett. The one thing that we know about him, maybe the most loyal player in NBA history across the board, like he got here and he was all in for years, right? The Wolves traded him. He didn't want to be traded. Like, he had been with incompetence for, at that point, like four years, and he's still like, don't trade me. And this like, is my place. Yeah. yeah, this is my place. Which, okay. which now has alienated him because Glenn Taylor is exactly. the worst but that's owner my, of But that's sport. my point. They've taken one of the most loyal people 
A guy who won't talk to former teammates who forced their way off Garnett's teams. Like, it's that deep with Garnett. They took him and turned him against them twice. So, as far as Cat goes, I have zero interest in trading Cat. But does what you read make some sense as far as the direction that this appears to be going? Yeah, it makes some sense. Here's the other thing that drives me nuts, and this is this isn't this is a front office thing. This is a this is an organizational cultural thing. But ultimately, it goes back to Glenn Taylor because Glenn Taylor, I get that he saved the franchise from being moved seven years into its existence in the mid '90s. So <laughs> thank you for that. Kind Which was of. a precursor of things to come, yeah. by the way. Correct. But but basically, since then, he has been. If you take away guys like Donald Sterling with the Clippers, who's just a creep, like Glenn Taylor's not a creep. He's a nice guy. But he is an incompetent professional sports owner. He's the worst in 25 years of the four major professional sports, including the Browns. And and that's saying something. Glenn Taylor is that bad the last 18 years. Flip Saunders has saved Glenn Taylor from himself because Flip Saunders had a vision and knew what he was doing and kept things together. And the biggest thing that, that just... As I think back to the KG era and now with Carl Anthony Towns, the Wolves spend so much time as an organization bending over backwards out of desperation to make these superstars happy instead of just putting a great team and organization and structure around them. In San Antonio, do you think ownership and Greg Popovich and the front office, do you think they were sitting there like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Oh, my God, they might leave us. Oh, we should bring in their best friend to come play. Oh, we should sign Joe Smith under the table because KG's friends with him. Like, no, they said, we know what we're doing. We're going to draft right. We're going to develop and scout right. And we're going to make trades that are going to help reach a championship level goal. Yeah, because like, we're good. In 25 years of Wolves history, like, they've, they haven't been competent enough to just put secondary uh, stars and role players around Kevin Garnett and Carl Anthony Towns. It's about, well, I, I guess we failed at trying to supplement this roster with one of these iconic generational great Hall of Fame players and then Carl Anthony Towns. So, whoa, who's your best friend? D'Lo. Let's just bring D'Lo in. Like, that's what it feels like. Oh, okay. Uh, well, well, who yeah. else? Yep. Okay, he likes, Cat likes Ryan. So let's make Ryan the youngest head coach in the NBA five years before he's ready to be thrown into that fire. Like, Cat likes him and D'Lo. And so if we can put his friends on the team, yep. then Cat will stay. He'll stay with us. It's like, just be more competent. It's unbelievable. But that's Gerson, too. Like, it's very weird. And here's the thing that I can't um, figure out at this point. Like, is Gerson good? At, this is his roster right now. And, and my God, there are some nice young pieces. I'll give you that. But there's also large stretches of time where his players are as disengaged as you can possibly be. Like, they keep, we keep talking about these last two games, right? Dallas, OKC, the Wolves made a cut. Co- oh, it's down to 12 now. Yeah. Why is it down to 12? Because you were awful for a quarter or two and you didn't care. And you're young. Like, that's effort. That's nothing more than, am I going to try tonight because I am an NBA player? I think I will, right? Um, so I guess my question is this. Do you see things improving at all? Because if you did, I think you might say, okay, yeah, it still sucks, but. You know what? I will. I will. Here's a silver lining because this has been, it's been awfully negative. But listen, the Wolves bring it upon themselves. 
Two silver linings. Two okay. silver linings. Carl right. Anthony Towns is on the verge of coming back. They're just, you know, he's been out for a month. He had COVID. We don't really know the extent of it because the Wolves are secretive and nobody has cracked open the reporting side of it. Um, but he's going to be back at some point, probably going to play some limited minutes to start with. And so we will get to see in the second half of the season what we thought we were going to see a year ago, but then injuries and the wrist injury and the pandemic hit. We're going to see Cat and D'Lo play together. We'll see if that elevates D'Lo's game. And, and if it if it gets the Wolves closer to being like a 500 respectable team at the time that Carlton Towns comes back, then maybe the tone of this conversation changes. So that's the first silver lining. The second silver lining is over his last 10 games or so, once he's, once he's been put in the starting lineup, Anthony Edwards looks a lot better. Like he's aggressive. He's one of these guys that even if he's going to have a bad shooting night where he goes five of 14, more often than not, he's going to still get you five rebounds, a few assists. He's going to be active. He's going to get a couple steals, a block. Like he's going to get to the rim. He's a much more energizer, bunny, active version of what we saw with Andrew Wiggins. And I like that he's able to just sort of be aggressive and take the game over at times. And he's only played like, you know, 25 career games or whatever it is. Yep. And so I actually could see by the end of the year, Ant Edwards ascending above D'Lo, not in terms of usage or anything like that, but I could just see him ascending above D'Lo in the pecking order of, all right, what is this thing going to look like next year and the year after that? He is the number one overall pick. He's super talented and he's showing some major flashes. And so that's a silver lining too. But like, as I read through these trade rumors, it there's an inevitability about it just based on how it feels right now with the Wolves and based on what we know has happened in the last 15 years. I don't just read this and dismiss it and say, oh, the Inquisitor. Like, what are these random things? You know, when Kevin that O'Connor. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, like, there is a feeling of inevitability and, oh, my God, here we go again. And so the savior in this, I, and I think D'Lo kind of is what he is. I think he's going to get better with Towns. But I honestly think the savior in this is Anthony Edwards. If Anthony Edwards can grow into the player that they think he is and the guy that they thought they were drafting number one overall, yep. he becomes a great sidekick for Carl Anthony Towns. So that's the thing to watch going forward here. My question off that point, though, is how long do you stay patient and give the coach as well then? Because th- this is going to be a work in progress for a while. So, like, do you just allow this whole chemistry exper- experiment to play out? Do you get impatient? Do you get a, a different coach in here? There's, like, a lot of things about about what they're trying to do and about what they've executed that I don't know. And here's the thing with Cat. I don't know what his patience is. So, so like, I do believe that Cat wants to win here. I think that he, he does, and they've got his buddy, and that's great. But at some point in time, too, does that patience expire, and is that – at some point soon. And the one thing about the cat thing that I don't think can be dismissed. And I sure I I can hear uh, people now saying, Oh, come on, Judd, typical Judd. Um, The off the court stuff that has transpired in his life causes people to think about their life and reevaluate and look at how short life can be. That's fair. And sometimes say to Mm -hmm. themselves, am I where I want to be? Yeah. Um, And I, I realize that that's a hard thing to quantify. And I get that people are different. I'm just saying there's a lot of things in this person's life, and he's still young, but I think one of the most important things that people do is take um, death, for instance, and evaluate off of that of, am I doing what I want because life is short? I'm just saying. 
No, I, I think yeah, and I think he's actually been pretty like he hasn't been a super open book about that. But the way he's that, talked about it, like the things that he has said publicly, it's very clear that he's in a reevaluation of life mode. Yeah, and you know if if the wolves become a thing that he just feels like doesn't fill his cup anymore, it expedites the process even more. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I wouldn't blame him for a second. I mean, this franchise needs to get its act together. You've got you've had talent, <laughs> but how long have we been saying that? I mean, it's been true. Yeah, like for how many years? You, the, the, and and just, including with tips. And and just to put a bow on this, because I do have a quick twins thing for you guys too. Um, if you trade Carl Anthony Towns at some point, you're doing it hoping that you can get another Carl Anthony Towns or another Kevin Garnett, right? Yes. yes. So it it just feels like. When, you know, when KG was traded, I think he was like 30 years old or 31, and so it felt like, all right, well, his prime, he probably has a couple of years of prime left, and they're not going to compete in his prime. So just like it doesn't add up, you almost have to trade him. Cat is entering his basketball prime. Yes. He's in his mid-20s. He's got six or seven years left of this thing. You should use it as long as you can. You should, you should try to make this work. Uh, boys, we've got some, some interesting baseball standings projections here in just a second. Uh, but a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. And if you think about it as a business owner, just think about how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. You know, do your do your employees use company vehicles, company ladders? There's risk involved. MyShield comes in with resources, safety training and videos, risk management plans, et cetera to help give you peace of mind as a business owner. Find out more about MyShield at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. We're going to win, twins. We're going to score. We're going to win, twins. What's that baseball score? Okay, baseballprospectus.com, boys. I just want to, you know, there, there's no such thing as a, a, of, of a flawless, perfect baseball projection website or system. But baseball is a lot easier to predict than, say, football in some cases, because you can sort of look at players' track records. And Baseball Prospectus, they back in 2008 are the website that said, oh, you know that Rays team that's going to be garbage and has been garbage for like 10 years? Yeah, they're going to win the division. They're going to win 90 games, and they went to the World Series. And everybody was like, whoa, where'd the Rays come from? Baseball Prospectus saw that coming beforehand. So they put out their annual projected uh, standings, and this will change as new players sign. There's still free agents out there. And they've got the Minnesota Twins as favorites in the American League Central right now on a 91-win simulation ahead of second place Cleveland at 86 wins and the White Sox at 83-79. and They are not super high on the Chicago White Sox. Is that because... Don't these rankings really heavy too on go heavy on pitching? Like I mean, Cleveland has pitching. Like is that, no, is I mean, that these, their main? These they, they don't go heavy. I mean, they they just they take all the information is there that's an available and they for this or no? No, they they literally just drop this. <laughs> awesome. They're crazy. That's awesome. I'm sorry, but I think that's ridiculous. So my my guess is, and I I would love a write up at some point. They just they just sort of dropped the standings and White Sox last just, place. just walked out. By the way, they got the Dodgers project. It's kind of a conservative projection platform. Like yeah, the wins are conservative, right? But they have the Dodgers at 103 wins oh. with that pitching staff. Oh. So here's my guess: 
I think they're looking at some of the young Chicago players and saying, you all think that all their young players are going to just like skyrocket and crescendo all yep. at once. And pop. But yep. that's not usually what happens. They're looking and saying, there's going to be a couple sophomore slumps in here. A couple young players aren't going to take off as much as you think they are. And so you're, you guys are all looking at what the White Sox could be. And Lance Lynn, like, yeah, but Lance Lynn is 40 pounds overweight and, you know, What's wrong with that? is going to play in a smaller ballpark. So those are all the Watch things that they're probably looking at. <laughs> wow. Third place, though, shocks me. I know. Like, I thought it would be at least neck and neck with the Twins for first place. I mean, Cleveland could be really bad. Yeah, but Cle- you know, the I mean, they've got some pit- they got some pitching, but they could be really bad. You know, Cleveland they they have a and Derek Falvey came from their front office. They've always had a really savvy front office that maximizes a pretty low budget. Uh, it's pretty tough to find disaster Cleveland seasons going back like the last ten or fifteen years. They, yeah. don't, they don't have many. They always have they always have like Shane Bieber just coming sure. up out of nowhere. You know, but I'd still I, I still think it's fair to put them in third place. Oh. Uh, the other teams in the division, Kansas City projected to be 71 and 90 uh, and 91, okay. and then Detroit at 67 and 95. We're gonna win, twins. We're gonna so score. That's your Twins Tuesday. Your Twins Tuesday nugget of the week here. <laughs> Let's get to our guy here, Randy in Cottage Grove. Happy off season, Randy. Uh, this is when it's uh, this is when it starts. Actually, uh, the off season is my prime time. Uh, season, I like it. Yeah, are you yeah. are 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 you going to unveil any preliminary mock drafts for us here sometime soon? You know, a lot of the uh, a lot of in the mocking community, uh, a lot of people go you know come out of the gate way too soon. You'll see those those mocks. You know, the day after the draft this year, there'll be a, a twenty twenty two mock V one. It's just a joke. You know, a, you know, Fox Sports is already at like 6.0. They've already they've already released like six mock drafts. Way ahead of you, Randy. Where, where are you at? Way ahead of you, Pete Schrager. Is that, is that where he? That's where Schrager works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he he jacked one of my drafts a couple uh, mocks a couple years oh, ago. No. I remember that there was a big controversy. He, he even copped to it. Uh, I think he copped to it on Twitter. Uh, I had a bunch of my followers gave him a hard time and. Uh, uh, he didn't do that again. I'll tell you that. And, and, and hmm. by the way, I go, I go. You can mock all day long if you're just going to throw stuff against the wall. I try to mock all the possibilities, all the trades, hmm. all the things that could happen. And uh, if you know, if you recall, I, I, I did, did I not get Mike Hughes? Did I not peg that? Well, I think you've nailed Mike Hughes and Justin Jefferson. Yes, I did. In the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes, I did. And you so, are one of the premier, most underrated mock drafters in American sports right now across all sports? Well, amateur mocker, and I don't take that as an insult. I mean, it's, amateur just simply means that I don't get paid for it. And, and by the way, I don't want to get paid for it. You know, So I, are, I, do, are you able, like, once you get paid, does your amateur status go away forever in mocking? Like or, an Olympian? If you're, uh, if you're taking, like, I did uh, I did try once to, to, to do a sponsor. It didn't go well. Um and now that I'm back to, to, to unpaid, unpaid. Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you tried to read it on the show, Randy, you, and we didn't approve that. You tried to bring a sponsor onto our radio show, and well, that was my my mock, my sponsor well, on our works. on our platform. And you're well, who's the one doing the mock? Who did the, who put the time in? Well, you did. Yeah. If, if you guys want to want to do a mock and you know come over to my garage and read it or something, I'm not going to tell you you can't. Mm. You know, can we bring I, a sponsor if that happens? Can we get paid by your sponsor? If you I, it, look, the point is, if you do, if you put in the work on the mock, it's your mock. 
so uh, I, I still have, you know, feel ruffled about that. I mean, I, I got hosed on that deal. They never paid me because they said I didn't actually get them the exposure. So uh, well, maybe we can negotiate a side deal this year. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in which left guard the Vikings draft in round one or three. So it better not be a, a left guard. It better not be a left guard. I'll, what? I'll say that right now. What do you want? I want a whole lot of things. I want to want a package. I want to, I want to move around a little bit. I want to get crazy. I, I, I want to, I want Kirk to be gone. Yeah, that's a, for oh, number wow. one. Yeah. There's going to be trades. I mean, I bet you right now, uh, I'll bet you of uh, whatever's left in my my kegerator, which is you know three quarters of a keg at least. I'll bet that that much beer that uh, Kirk is gone. Where See, why, going? why are you so negative on Kirk all the time? Yeah, man, he, he doesn't have it. He doesn't. He he, uh, he he's he's a, he's an imposter. He, he's got that fake smile. He's a he's a he's he's a he, you know he's got he's like a human fake smile. He has white teeth. I'll give you that. Whiter, so where's he going, Randy? What, what team? Special, sleeps on a special bed and he eats buffets. That's all I know about him he, because he's not real. He's not a real guy who, who, who's got some who can cuss. He doesn't even cuss right. Uh, where's he going? I don't know. Carolina, maybe. San Fran, Denver. Teddy coming somewhere. back? Uh, sure, I'll take Teddy. I'll take uh, uh, Giropolo if we need to take him. I'll, I'll, I'll take Turbo. If, if the Bears get Wentz, I'll take Turbo. I'll take anyone other than... than, than this guy, because he's sucking on too much, too much jack, too much of that cap, and you can't put a good team around someone uh, if they're making that much scratch. I mean, that's just uh, you know basic economics. Hey, what's your love for Turbo? I, I gotta delve down on this. Why Turbo? You always, every week, you bring up Trubisky. Well, he's uh, first of all, he's got you know he's got kind of a, a nice, interesting little uh, little package uh, of skills. I mean, he's. He's got. He can move around with his legs a little bit. Uh, he, he doesn't have a cannon, but he can certainly make some throws. Uh, he's in the wrong system, you know. I, 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 mm. I bet if if, if Turbo gets a, a chance, I mean, he was a high pick. Oh. You, you know, if you, if you don't recall. Uh, matter of fact, I think they passed on uh, on Mahomes to take Turbo. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that might have been a mistake, but uh, but uh, jury, jury, and it's, jury's still out. Uh, you know, I would yeah. say, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll let now. it play out for now. I'm, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know uh, what do they call him? A a, a a a sting sting for him. I'm not a sting. Stan. Uh, I think a yeah, stan. Stan is what the kids Let him stan. Let him go. Let him go. Don't be a I'm casual. Not, Don't be a casual. Don't correct stan Randy Vikes. But uh, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll listen. You want to talk bears? You want to you want to you know float him out there uh, uh, for like a a seventh or even just if they cut his ass? I mean, you know, all I'm saying is. You know, Kubiak, Clint, if you're listening, you, you, you change up the playbook, bud, or you're not going to be here very long because Zim's going to take a hike, too. So, Zim, you better, you better treat this Clint Kubiak as, as Stefanski 2.0 and let him, let him fly a little bit. Let him, let him air it out. Let him, let him try some things. Because if you're just saying give, uh, give the ball to, uh, to 33 over and over again, it's going to be a, a one and done for, for Clint and, and, then we'll be gone too. That's a that's a call. All right. I, I mean, I I could definitely see a scenario. Well, you were which... trying to fire Zim after the uh, this year, Randy. You were trying to fire Zim two weeks ago. You you show me a, a team that that you know pounds the rock, as they say, as, as much as the purple. That that it goes anywhere far in the playoffs. There aren't there ain't any. 
that's not the league anymore. And I and I'm an old school football guy. But I, as I told you, I look back at that tape, all those '80s teams. You know, uh, uh, this was uh, the writing was on the wall. You know, Mark Duper, Super Duper. He was he was catching passes at a rate that I I didn't really uh, understand until I went back and took a look at it and said it's been there all along to see the future of this league and how it, how it's going to evolve. And uh, take a look at some of that '80s tape, Clint. Take a look at the way they they move super duper around the, the the way some of those some of those fantastic squads from back then go. Sometimes you need to look back to go forward, and yeah. I think that that that's a that's a, that's it. But if you know, if you if you guys want, I'll I'll uh, I'll do it. I do have a, a stud stable from a Super Bowl. Uh, oh wow, nice! Oh, a little Super Bowl Super Bowl stud stable here. Yeah, I just threw one together from the from the party. Uh, just a few highlights. Uh, Things that really got me excited. So uh, okay, all right. Here is uh, Randy and Cottage Grove's Super Bowl Stud Stable. This is the Super Bowl Fifty Five Stud Stable. Any Vike Sixty Nine. Starting off the stable is what I always start off my Super Bowl parties with: is a big ass Bloody Mary. And I don't just do one shot of vodka. Oh. I don't just do two. The food. This is, this I is do a. Food. A food, this is a food spread. I thought we were going to get a food spread stud stable here. I thought we were going to get the stars of the game. Shot, a quad shot of absolute pepper what? on the bottom of that big tumbler. I like it. That, you do the zing zing, yeah. the pickles, a little bit of splash of clamato, and a new sauce I discovered uh, from my buddy Crybaby Craig. I got to hang out with Randy. Dude, you know what? And Randy and I have, have not always seen eye to eye. Crybaby Craig's. Very good. Wonderful, wonderful start. local hot sauce. We pound two of those to get things rolling, and then we start. Then we crack into one of the other new beverages I found: the Pabst Hard Coffee. Oh, just to kind of get the get the heart rate up, get the tiger in your tank. <laughs> Do two two of those. Now we're cooking. Okay. And now right. we got a buzz working with no base coat. By the way, that's the key. You got to get that buzz quick and get it up in the air, and then you can start eating. Let's get it up so in only, the air. Yeah. Only then. First thing we do is breakfast nachos. Mm. I got all sorts of pancakes that I let dry out and then put eggs, cheddar cheese, bacon and sausage, hollandaise sauce, and a southern gravy. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll get your heart rate. Yeah, I'll go on for sure. How much do, do you weigh these days, Randy that, Vikes? Excuse me? I said, what, what's your weight these days? Doesn't seem to be a problem for a lot of these gals. Oh, well. Oh, the dating scene's going well. I'm sorry. Do you not want the rest of the food here, Jeff? Yeah, no, just no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd like to on. apologize. Yeah, I just Jeff, shut up you might for be a second. Okay? Let's let Randy come on, come on, Jeff. continue his stud. A lot of people like to make pizza rolls in the in the microwave. Mm. Some people some people say take it a step further, put them in the oven. Right. What I do, I deep fry them. Oh, oh no way. Deep fried Tokino's uh, pizza rolls, pepperoni and sausage, the combination flavor. Deep fry those and then dip them in ranch. Oh, hang out with great, It's a great dish and That's it's great. a stud. Then in the evening, a lot of people like to keep going with nachos and dips and things. We go Asian. We get a big tub of cream cheese wontons from a local uh, Chinese restaurant. They didn't want to give me the cash, so I, they don't get to hear their name. But there you go. Here we go. That's the same problem. Good cream cheese wontons and good egg rolls. Uh, and next time I do this sable, maybe you'll want to hear your name, one, okay? And then uh, finally, 
when we really get going later into the evening, it's what everybody likes to finish off with. And that's frying everything you can find in the fridge. Just keep the oil hot and start battering everything. You battered, you can batter cheese. You can batter battered summer sausage. Mm. Uh, battered, uh, well, <laughs> my buddy brought over a zucchini, and I said I don't have any interest in that. Uh, he did. said it was good. But then the number one, the, 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 the pinnacle touch on my Super Bowl spread, when you just about think you got no more room left in you, you crush up a bag of pork rinds, turn them into a sort of a coating, batter an Oreo, and then roll it in the pork rinds, and deep fry that, it's a stud. What? Rick? Wait, Rick? Oh, oh, I got questions. On. Did he just mic drop? He mic dropped. He us. mic dropped off. Ooh. How is he still alive? What? <laughs> there's nothing about that. There's no way that, that he should have survived that day. Pork rinds? Chopped, Zero chance, Just dude. crushed up pork rinds. Okay, that's not the point, though. He just deep fried and battered everything. Like, there's no way that the blood is pumping through his body still. I mean, it is, though. It is. I mean, listen to him. He's a Rick, ticking time Sounds great. Right yeah, now. it sounds great. He starts the day by getting his heart to race and then slows it down to a stop throughout the rest of the day. What? All right, well, that was the Randy and Guy Jacob Super Bowl I, stud I stable. did not expect the stud stable to be a uh, his list of foods. No way. I thought we were going to get the... Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I thought. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter, matter what, what I think. thought. Now, oh, man. I was trying to hit this. The Rock one. knows how you feel about pie. Okay. Um, are you ready for uh, for Dex's reviews here? Should we just roll right into this? Are yeah. you ready for this, we Dex? Can. Yeah, we can. Okay. So here's what I wanted you to do on, on, the, on our production meeting. On that button bar... There is a, a minute clock ticking sound. Okay. Oh, wow. You're going to show some self-restraint here. So here's what I want you to do. Once you start that clock, I'm going to go for a minute. I got to go uninterrupted because I got a lot of notes. Okay. And then once that clock runs out, you buzz me, and I'll just stop. I'll stop, but I got okay. a minute of uninterrupted. I don't know. Count me down if you want, but cool. yes, I'm ready to go. All right. So every week, every week, our producer and, uh, and our friend Declan, he reviews something. Lately, it's been a lot of a lot of potential quarterback draft picks, uh, possibilities. I think that we've kind of moved off that because the Vikings just aren't going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Uh, he reviewed a bidet that he installed in his bathroom. Oh, that was clutch but, yesterday. But lately... And now, Phil Mackey updates Judd Zolgad on the latest happenings from The Bachelorette. Lately, we've we've taken an old segment out of the basement here. And we've had Declan reviewing episodes of The Bachelor. And mm-hmm. so Declan gets 60 seconds to explain to us what happened on last night's episode of The Bachelor with Bachelor Matt. All right, here, here we go. go. You ready? Yep. All right, so MJ and Jasenia, they meet in a one-on-one for Matt because Matt has to decide which one has to go home. MJ is the last of the mean girls, and Jasenia has, like, good intentions, but MJ can manipulate stipulations. So after hearing them out, Matt ends up sending MJ home. Uh, he walks her off the car. He's gone. Later at the rose ceremony, he gives the last rose of Serena C, and he sends home Maggie, Brittany, and Ryan. Later on the one-on-one, Piper gets a date at a makeshift carnival. Lame, event, lame attempt at a date, by the way. But at the dinner, Piper opens up that her family dynamic is tough and it's hard to let people in. And she admits, though, that she's in love with Matt. Matt, I don't know if he feels the same way. But on the group date, Michelle, our girl from Edina, she keeps impressing. She gets another rose. Second rose in three weeks for our Edina girl, uh, uh, Michelle. Also at the one-on-one, there's another, excuse me, there's another another one-on-one with Katie, but Tyler C., a former contestant on The Bachelor from a Hannah Brown season, is involved with the two play a prank on him, but Katie ends up going home because Matt sends her home because he does not in love with her. All the other relationships have progressed, and finally, Heather Martin, one of the worst people in the world, is back on The Bachelor. Wow. I had a lot of notes there. Wow. 
I, I could have still went. No, Judd, your thoughts on last night's episode of The Bachelor? That was a lot. I'd run through that. So wait, hold on a second here. A lot so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're down to two people left, three people no, left. No, yeah. it's like uh, like nine. Uh, oh, nine. it's still that high. Okay, yeah, there, I, I thought he sent a bunch of people. There were definitely like ten or eleven to start the episode. Yeah, I think there's and they like, ditched a I couple of like them. Eight. It's like seven yeah. or eight. We're two weeks from hometowns. Yeah, it's very hometowns are great because the bachelor gets to go to the hometown. Yeah, oh yeah, you've told I remember of these the hometown. women. Yeah, and then he meets, and he meets the, their families. Meets their families, and then and the dad all... the dad usually asks something like, "So, do uh, you think you're dating four women?" Quick question. Do you think that that on a hometown one so far, not across the board, but do you think that we have ever experienced a dad who is actually an actor because the real dad was going to be so crappy? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think we may have experienced an actress among the contestants this Whoa. year. I think we had, well, who, what was the name of the gal? Me. The gal who didn't wear makeup and who was always uh, the queen. Queen Victoria. Victoria. I think she was a plant. Yeah, I think she was. My a plant. sources told me that really? she was a plant. So yeah. not, so not. Re- I mean, a contestant. They needed, who- they needed something yeah. to spice this season up and to ensure drama. I, I had an anonymous source text me last night that she thinks it's a, she thinks it's a plant. It's got to be a plant. Yeah. And is she still in it or is she gone? No, now? she's gone. She's gone. She yeah. was gone. And, and Judd, the first thing Declan mentioned off the top here is the concept of the Bachelor one-on-one. So what happens is, oftentimes, if not multiple times in a season. There will be drama between two contestants. Could be if it's the Bachelorette, could be a couple of guys. Okay. In this case, it's a couple of women. They just sure. don't like each other. Yeah. And someone's got to go. They're butting heads. It's a loser leaves town match, basically, where Matt invites them both on a one-on-one, uh, well, I should say uh, a two-on-one or whatever you call it. It's a two-on-one date. Yeah. It's a two-on-one. Two for one. So it's Matt huh. and then the two gals who hate each other mm-hmm. all on a date together. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, he has to decide which one stays and which one goes. So he Wildly them, uncomfortable. So he takes them both out on the same date? Yeah. Well, and, I, and, I, this, and this was more like of a sit down. This wasn't necessarily a date. This was more like, hey, we got to get to the bottom of this. One of you is going home right now. Let me hear both sides of your story. <laughs> and MJ with her big hoops, big hair, big personality. Excuse me? Got big hoops, big oh, hair. Oh, hoops. Okay, sorry. Big personality. Got sent home. And really, I think the headline here she is cry? that our gal Michelle from Edina is in prime position. She is. Prime position. She sounds to like she might this win thing this thing. I think yeah. she's what you guys the are favorite. Telling me. I think she's the favorite. I do too. I think she, she's, a, she's a type of gal you can bring home to mom. Yeah. Really. She really is. Okay, so one thing I have a bone to pick with Matt and Phil. I don't know if you've noticed this, and if you haven't, I think I'm going to ruin it for you. Like, as in, it's a thing that Matt does that absolutely drives me insane. His open mouth kissing. Okay, well, no, but very close. That's super weird. He but like, he, but you're he like, right. he like goes, there's a lot of open mouth. He like, go, he, he goes, goes in, in you know, like, like Donald Trump's mouth is kind of like, yeah. like open all the time. Okay. It is. Yep. That's how he he kind of like lean, a pucker fish. Yeah, he kind of leans in like a pucker fish. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, he's got he's got he's got to clean that up. Matt has this very nervous laugh chuckle. He does. Mm. Have you noticed this before? No, but I will now. Okay. <laughs> all the time when he is clearly like either comfortable or uncomfortable, he does this chuckle. <laughs> and it is the most annoying thing, and I'm going to ruin it for you. So now every time he does it, you're going to think of this. I've ruined this for you. That could be a deal breaker. Like, you're trying to figure <laughs> out if you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone. It's and like every a, time they're uncomfortable, they're going to let out some weird noise. It's like a Santa know. Claus, like, ho, ho, ho. Like, I, it's very, very strange. So what, what like are the, the stats on, on the amount of times that this has actually worked for people to stay Together, I think the first oh. couple did right. I would say for in terms of like relationship, Ryan so and somebody, it's been happening for this. This has been going on for like twenty years. And I think the first one, the first one actually worked, right? 
Now we have Paradise, so there's more opportunities. Love Paradise. I want to say uh, probably like 15 to 20%. I think I was going to say 25, and that's probably still a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty good. 25%. Something like that. Yep. Our other gal, uh, Becca, who was the bachelorette from Minnesota from a couple seasons ago. Yeah, you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't so like her, right? She initially, when she was on The Bachelor, she she won uh-huh. and then got engaged to Ari Leyendike. And then he sort of ambushed, broke up with her on camera a couple months later. I remember And then she connected with another guy on her season, but then they broke up because he's kind of a racist. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's single now. She's single now. Good to know. And that's your update. And now, Phil Mackey updates Judd Zolgad on the latest happenings from The Bachelorette. Judd has so many more questions right now. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this through. I'm thinking this through. I love this. This is great. So, so Dex, <laughs> the wheels are spinning. I think out. next week, I think bring, bring me like two juicy, the, the two juiciest storylines possible. Okay. Bring me like two, one or two things. Okay. And spend the entire time on that, okay. So I can sort of ha- have it meld They're, into my brain, yeah. Sure. yeah, and then discuss that because I feel like a lot happens, but the, then I can't really tell what happened. Sure. Th- this was a messy episode, a lot, lot to unpack, lot happening, lot. I feel like the two on, I feel like the the two on one sit we, down though. I mean, is, is an ex- a point of exploration. We didn't even mention that Katie got eliminated uh, on on this crazy one on one at the end, who is rumored to be the next Bachelorette. Interesting. Katie is supposed to be the next Bachelorette. He handled it with grace, too. Here's the tough part there last night, Judd. So so Matt really put a stone face on the entire date with Katie. And then they go get dinner at the end of the night, and she pours her heart out. And he just kind of sits there and soaks it all in. And when she's done pouring her heart out, he grabs the rose. This is the moment where usually, like, you get the rose rose because we had a great date today, right? She pours her heart out. He takes the rose, and he holds it. And he says, and I'm paraphrasing here, I just can't give this to you, Katie. Yeah, sometimes you got to break hearts. I just don't see you Oh no, as part of my life long term. Oh, how'd you take it? I just don't know. She if took you, it really well. Can you let someone pour their heart out like that? And then, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know what my decision's going to be, but I'm going to give her right. 10 minutes to basically pour her soul out. Right. And then I'm going to crush it. Well, he, he might have decided, though, d- during the course of that, that he did. it wasn't worth continuing the uh, potential Then why not just Why not just break up then? Why? Why let her but what pour if he, her heart out? But what if she had said? Uh, but yeah. But if she does a great job, and then he's like, "Oh my gosh, this changed me. I've now pivoted, and I will give you the rose." I think it's a smart play. I would have told her that. He by ran the, way. the listen, clock. He listen. ran the shot clock all the way down. Yeah, you got to know her, and yeah. then he realized that it wasn't going to work. D- and... Down to two, he launched the shot and missed, or she launched Phil the Mackey. shot. You know, the one thing that sets Phil apart is Phil's been really good for the game. He takes time out for people. And Judd Zolgad, one of the most well-respected, esteemed journalists. Guy seems to break news before you even knew there was something to break. Mackey and Judd. And I got to take a quick. Swig of the sustenance of daily life. Yeah, you go. You go ahead and take, take all the swigs you want. Uh, every ah, first of the morning. Oh. <laughs> pound that heart. All right. <laughs> every Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday, we wrap with Roycey here on Mackie and Judd, and you can find Roycey Unchained with Judd. Usually on Mondays, they're recording their episode uh, today on a Tuesday. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and the ScoreNorth app. So. Uh, Patrick, we had our friend Randy in Cottage Grove on for uh, for a st- what we thought was going to be a Super Bowl stud stable, and he turned it into a Super Bowl food spread stud stable. And uh, among the among the studs in his food spread were deep fried Totina's pizza rolls, a full order of cream cheese wontons from a Chinese restaurant down the street, 
and Oreos coated in pork rinds. Uh, I don't need the first or the last, but cream cheese wontons. Yeah. Have about, they're worth about 12 of the 15 pounds I put on in the pandemic. <laughs> uh, right up the street here is Nong's. Oh. N-O-N-G apostrophe S. It's a Thai place. They're cream cheese wontons. I discovered them with an order of six, and now whenever I go, I get the 12. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Sometimes I can talk the wife into eating two of them, so I only have to eat 10, but I cannot <laughs> leave them. You know, they what? cannot be tossed away. Now, <laughs> I so one of my favorite memories of the old Roycey and Mackey show is like every other Friday for a couple of years there, down the street from the KSTP studios, there's a Chinese buffet uh, right on University Avenue. Oh, yes. And we would hold show meetings in air quotes <laughs> like an hour before going on to do a three-hour show. And oh for, for Pat, Pat would do the fourth hour with Suture, and we would crush a Chinese buffet before doing our show. How'd you stay awake? Uh, yes, I wouldn't be able to that do was, that now. but <laughs> That was bad. My worst ever of those was oh boy, we had driven to Milwaukee, right? And I can't remember who was with us. There was like two guys. We went down to cover the game, you know, and they rode with me. And we decided to drive back. It was like a three o'clock game or something. So we decided to drive back that evening. But first we went to Carl Rogers, this old German restaurant in there, which is no longer around. It might have been my famous favorite restaurant in America. That was the longest five-hour drive in history. <laughs> that was like nine hours before oh. with the stops. And we could get out of the car and wake up. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was the worst experience of my life. Pat, have, you, have you ever had that. any, like, full panicked, like, in public or in a car moments? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably have. Yeah, I probably have had a few of those. Those are, those are bad. I was I went out on the prairie yesterday. I'm doing a piece on these small towns that have had to coordinate. They still have high schools, but they don't have enough athletes to, you know, have their own teams. So they're driving 20 miles for practices and stuff like this. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was uh, what I, I reminded me of when I would be out when I had my 440 college the suture. <laughs> And I'd be out in the prairie writing a story. And it was always like 4.30, seven miles to the next town. Can I make it and find a payphone? <laughs> you know, that was the big thing. You know, you, you, would, you would count on the little gas station being outside of town. But will they have a payphone? Or should I just take this, this uh, payphone I have right here and wait 10 minutes? Of course, I'd always try to haul ass down to the next town. And, uh, you know, sometimes be a little late because they wouldn't have a pay phone. So. How did you guys do a buffet and then a show? Like, that to me is tempting fate. There is no way. If you do, like, it's one thing to go out to lunch and, and, and talk about the show. It's another to do a Chinese buffet <laughs> and then come in here and sit in here for three hours. And the, and the funny thing about them is, even though they cost like 12 bucks, right? Yeah, and, they're great. And you've already... You're always trying to, why are we always trying to, for want of a better word, screw them and eat even more? <laughs> you know, I mean, 
you know, you could just go and eat a nice apple lunch. No. And then you then everybody'd be happy. But no, I gotta make one more haul up there for my favorite dish and then go crawling back. It's uh buffets, I don't know. buffets or sports. A buffet is a challenge. Like, yes. it's not eating, it's a challenge. Yeah, you don't, like, you have to get at least two and a half plates, or you yes. don't feel like you did a good job at the buffet. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. Is that place still going? I think it is. I, yeah, still know, I, see, it, I see it once in a while. Yeah, I, I think it's still going. I think now it's, it's all takeout, so they've, they've beaten the, they've beaten us because they, you know, you call up and say, <laughs> give me this, this, and this, and, and, you get charged for all the dishes instead of the 12 bucks. But uh, those places had to be great for when you were students over there, though, Phil. Oh, the U, right? oh man, there's there was a place, I think it's still there, uh, Hong Kong Noodles. Just oh, yes, it is. It is. I've so good. I remember doing Hong Kong Noodles before a gopher game one night. That was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Williams Arena is not a good place. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, God, no. Cooper, you know, back in Williams in the old days, the in the men's rooms. Now I, we, they got it. They build a media area later, so you could go in there. But in the men's rooms, they didn't want people going in there and screwing up the plumbing, so they didn't have doors on the commodes. Yes. Oh yeah. So, if a guy was really in trouble, he had to go in there and have the whole audience watching him. It's <laughs> just shameful. I think finally somebody sued them or something, and they had to put doors on the commode. Man, I but had one. Have you guys ever been to 1029 Bar in <laughs> oh, Northeast Minneapolis? One of my all-time favorites. It's a great, a great dive bar, I karaoke, oh, you know, God. wings. And I don't know if they've fixed the situation, but about nine or ten years ago um, – in my mid twenties, like late twenties, I would still, I wouldn't think, I would, I'd eat wings, and I wouldn't really think about like stomach ramifications. Like I now, it's different. Yeah. But <laughs> but we went, some friends and I went. We had some buffalo wings. We had some. We went and got some greasy dinner, and then we went over to ten twenty nine for some drinks and some, you know, karaoke, whatever. And I walked into that place. It was packed. It's January. It's like minus five degrees outside, and my stomach drops. And I'm thinking, all right, well, not ideal, but they probably have a bathroom. And I walk in, and it's urinal stall no door on the stall and <laughs> and the stall is facing outside like oh. so like so if someone opens the door like the whole bar just sees you sitting in there right and so some i these, i had to make a calculation like well i've got 5 minutes to make this decision and the bomb goes off and there's a mcdonald's down the street you gotta go. and, oh, yeah, and i ran i ran outside without my jacket and ran across the street in january weather and then I had to wait like five more minutes for someone to get done doing their thing in the McDonald's bathroom. Worst 10 minutes hey, of my life. Gentlemen, last night I was driving back from southwestern Minnesota. When you get through Mankato there and uh, you're kind of down next to the water, that low area, 15 below, the car said, for a while. Jeez. I, was, I was hoping not for a flat tire, that's for sure. I, I found out something about black, black ice, though. You get it in the Twin Cities because of the exhausts and the mm -hmm. traffic and people stopping. Out in the country, 75 miles an hour, nobody cares. It's you, And you can see the roads are okay, you know. So it's, uh, we, uh, I think black ice is a metro problem, but apparently people were smashing into each other all over yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's still bad today.
I was slipping and sliding. So, Freddie Hoiberg, is he the biggest fraud in the history of coaching? <laughs> yeah, Freddie Hoiberg. The golfers go, I'm listening to the Grimster coming home. They're, they start the second half five for 26, including two for 17 on threes. Yep. And they're still comfortably had like nine or 11 or something. They missed 17 uh, consecutive shots at one point, Pat. 17, shots. 0 for 17 from the field. They've lost 20. Nebraska's lost 24 in a row in the Big Ten. I know the conference is a little difficulty, but this is Northwestern territory from 30, 40 years ago when they they, they once had 50 some in a row, I think. Or uh, maybe that was 50 some road games in a row, but they. Uh, but this is what? What's the deal here, Mister Transfer? And he can't. Uh, he can't get any athletes yeah. in there. It's bad. Tim Miles left him in not great shape, but he didn't leave him in this bad shape. Yeah, it's it's bad. The other question I have off last night's game is: At what point do we put an arm around our guy Gabe Kalsher and say, "Hey, you got you got to stop shooting. He, you, you can't uh, take nine threes." Three and, he made a three and. Grim made it sound like the winning touchdown against Penn State <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago because it was so – what happened? How's that happen? It's, it's super it, weird. It's bizarre because the shots actually look okay, but they never yeah. go in. <laughs> you know, for various reasons, I've gone to three high school basketball games in the last two weeks. Everybody's watching them. It's amazing what the three has done. I mean – I can see, you know, college kids and the NBA and those guys, you know. They're, but we got – I'm watching kids who are throwing it in the general direction. A lot of them are, you know, they just feel like this is the, – the coaches have convinced themselves in the high school level that that's that, that efficiency works in high school, and it doesn't in, in a lot of cases. I mean, if, but they're taking – if they take fifty shots, twenty of them are threes. Yeah. In, in high school, you know. You know who is, you know who revolutionized this for Minnesota high school basketball is my Buffalo Bison back in two thousand six or two thousand seven. Right. Bunch. Yeah, they played five shooters. guards and shot only threes, and they won yeah. the state championship. Thanks a lot, Phil. <laughs> and they made a bunch of them too, right? Yeah. Very. Yeah, I was I was running across something the other day where I think we got an anniversary coming up here on uh, Hoff Arbor's uh, laying on the. It's amazing the publicity that thing got when Hoffarber made that shot, laying on his back was ESPN shot. But the, I was ran into a Star Tribune did like a three day expose on how it occurred and everything that that shot he made. Oh, his butt shot with Hopkins. Yeah, in the state tournament. Yeah, yeah, that won the won the state tournament laying on his back basically. So that kid could shoot, man. Yep. Mm. Made two two huge shots. Hey, Patrick, congratulations. You called it Friday. You said the Buccaneers' pressure actually has a chance to disrupt the Chiefs, and you were exactly right. And uh, you know how long that theory proved to be correct? The first session. I mean, the, yeah. about the first time he dropped, he took his, that Barrett. Who is this guy? He's a free monster. agent. He's a free agent. Oof. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I guess I knew he existed, but until this this whole playoff run, I didn't know that he was so monstrous. And then Jean Paul, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Pierre is a Hall of Famer, don't you think? Pretty mm-hmm. easy first ballot. He's 
he's incredible. He's one of the all-time blocked shots and stuff. I thought my guy, I thought our guy Patrick lost his composure completely, though, didn't you? I mean, what what does circling back thirty yards do for you? Yeah, he, I, I think he, I think in his mind, I I can just escape anything because I'm I'm Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and you can't escape Mike Remmer is at left tackle, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, or uh, whoever that then put into the lineup to play right tackle, like because they had what some guy named Schwartz who was the right tackle yep. who got hurt. He got hurt too. Hurt. And then they had, then that's when they had to start playing Remmers. And then, you know, logically, you know, I expected, okay, they can win 27 24, you know, but what an ass kicking. And I, I really think Andy is was completely rattled by what his kid did. And I, agree. Uh, I, I don't think we had the, I don't think we had the normal, composed, cool Andy. I, I think he was uh, the, 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 they were still in the game at halftime if he doesn't call timeout on third and two. Mm-hmm. Let them run the clock out, you know. Let mm-hmm. them run the clock out. They wanted to run the clock out. I didn't even like the first timeout because you're getting the ball for the second half. Not that it would have made any difference, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, this is, this is a piping hot take. I wouldn't be surprised, shocked if Andy stepped down. Wow. I, I got to think this Not is going to do it. This is ruin their lives because this was the kid that they, you know, this was the one of the twins that they supposedly had yep. rehabilitated himself and become an upstanding citizen. And he, he either killed a five-year-old girl or left her in horrible condition. And yep. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a piping hot take, but uh, Andy did not. And the Chiefs have not handled this whole thing very well either. The management or anybody else, they haven't really reached out to that family or done anything. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's... Wetzel, who does uh, Dan Wetzel, who can when he gets his teeth into something, it's pretty good. And he savaged them on uh, on uh, in Sunday night Monday's column that he wrote on how the Chiefs have handled this family. And this was the twin of the one who died, right? His his one side yeah, well, they son were both, died they were in both Philly. Just, they yep. were twins, right? Yes, and the, they, they were twins. friends with the children's boys. Yeah. and then, Those two and, were. And they they were like crazy, you know, yep. drugs and drugs and all this stuff. But this kid, they thought they'd rehabbed him, and then this happens. And, and Wetzel's serious, he was drinking in the office. Yeah, he, he was because, driving home from the facility. From, and, because they're not going to bars and doing stuff like that. Yeah. If he get caught, if he got caught going to a bar, he couldn't go to the Super Bowl because Correct. of the the whole thing going on. So that Wetzel's theory is he was drinking in the office. So yeah. that's, that's terrible. Yeah. But Patrick uh, Patrick lost his composure, uh, you know, and and he did. I think he was hobbling in the second half. I don't see him as Carlos Gomez who's going to make it look worse than it is. Surgery today. Oh, he did. Huh? Yep. Broken toe. Yeah. yeah, turf toe. Well, I'll yeah. still take him. Yeah, yeah I think I'm I done. Too. I'm done with him. I don't know. I'm done, Kirk. Somebody said this is what Kirk Cousins goes through every game, which is horse crap. This kid, this guy was pressured 29 times. Yeah. I, I think 20, I think I think it was like 37 actually, according to some well, outlets. 29, they got him off the spot or some damn yeah. thing. The Vikings know? never put Mike Remmers at left tackle, gentlemen. No, they were never. They that never did that. that. They did a lot of and things, but never it, that. You know, he, you know, something, there's no sense in bad mouthing him because 
that's how good he is. I mean, you've hit, but you've hit on something. Like, there's a lot of fans that are trying to say one of two things. Well, the Chiefs see see what happens when you have a bad offensive line and like bring Kirk into the discussion or. Hey, Tom Brady is a pocket passing quarterback. Look, if you just gave Kirk a bunch of weapons and an offensive line and a defense, I mean that is a legitimate theme running through. Yeah, if uh, Tampa only had Kirk, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So that's okay. <laughs> hey, that's I, we had we had twenty five percent of people on a Twitter poll yesterday say that if Kirk had been the starting quarterback from day one with Tampa, that they would have still won the Super Bowl. Twenty five percent. Okay. Well, that's you know, hell. You know, probably uh, Randy. How's Randy? What's Randy's view of Kirk? He he's out. Kirk. He's out on he's Kirk. Done. He wants Trubisky. He's out on Kirk. He wants Turbo. Trubisky. Buy low on Trubisky. He wants Turbo. <laughs> Calls him Turbo. I think he's agitating. He usually gives it a straight don't, but I. Think he's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we know you gotta you gotta get in your car and get to the studio. So we'll we'll let you go. We'll talk. Take to you it tomorrow. slow. It's icy out there. Right. Talk to you, Royce. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, don't take it slow. Go as fast as you want. Oh my god! Well, god, something happens. I guess this clip will be saved. Okay, all right. I told him to take it slow. Okay, <laughs> write that down. Predictions and an accountability session on tomorrow's show. If you've made it this far, please uh, do us a favor and give us a five star review and a positive rating. Or I guess it would be a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.